Welcome back to Man the Helm podcast, podcast that is music based, but more so about, you know, taking charge of your life or manning your helm, so to speak. Today, I'm really excited. This guest is phenomenal. I'm honestly shocked he actually came and talked to me, but he is such an awesome guy. So let's get into it. All right, welcome back to Man the Helm Podcast. I'm your host, Jake. Today, we are going to sit down with Richard Oliver, Wampler's own man of many hats, but he also has some other creative ventures, such as Amplify Creative. Richard, how's it going? It's going pretty well today, actually. It's like 18 degrees. Oh, I forget what that is in American temperature, but it's hot for England <laughs> So uh, at this time of year. So um, I'm happy, uh, although I've... Uh, knackered my fingers cabling yesterday so i was trying to play guitar earlier i was like this isn't this isn't feeling good (laughs) yeah you need to give it a day or two to take it easy right uh never never ever do cat five cabling (laughs) yeah yeah i was seeing the post on facebook saying something about uh you getting stuck somewhere so i'm sure that was fun (laughs) yeah i got to come i just noticed your hat you're wearing the uh wampler trucker hat oh it's one of my favorite hats Dude, it really I is. Mean, I have never seen one in the live. I, I I designed it obviously like uh I don't know about three years ago, and I was like, this is awesome. People are gonna love this, but uh, I have never seen one in the wild. So this is a first for me. It looks well, good on you. I appreciate it. I I appreciate the design itself, sir. So you know, <laughs> um, you're actually kind of elusive to find some backstory on the internet about. Oh, I'm not. I'm just hitting it. Well, there you go. Maybe that's a good thing. Um, I did do a little bit of research, and and most of that I could find was um, when you were on Blake's podcast or Blake Wyland's podcast, The Tone Mob. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of got a little bit about that. But if you wouldn't mind just recapping a little bit your your backstory for me, I'd I'd really appreciate it. Where do I want to? Where do you want me to start from? Because I'm I'm old. Well, oh, well, I. This is a music-based podcast, and you are definitely a musician. So maybe we can just start with uh, how you started, you know, kind of getting into music at first. Okay. I mean, I was... Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I was born in 75, which was a magical time for music. Uh, and in the UK, uh, like, pop music, I guess, as they call it, was just everywhere. Uh, and, like, my whole family loved music. So I just always thought music was cool. I just, from, like probably I think about age three uh, I used to like roll up the newspaper and strum along to uh, Mull of Kintyre by Wings uh, but Space Oddity by Bowie as well which you know formed one of my early tastes so I was always really into music I was always really into art as well so kind of like as a kid I was really creative and I didn't I mean we didn't have a lot of money growing up so I didn't actually have like access to musical instruments or lessons or anything and I just always really really wanted to and then kind of when I was 15 my friends had a band called uh, Urban Surfing as I recall and uh, they were doing like covers of Johnny Be Good and Purple Haze and things like that I was like I want to do this this is my entire life must now be this so uh, 15 years old I badgered my mum into getting me a, um, uh, a Marlin Sidewinder guitar which was a awesome. really cheap Strat clone uh, distributed out of Wales. 
uh, in the United Kingdom, uh, in full-on uh, Hank Marvin red, uh, and I loved it. And I was a kind of a little bit of a loner youngster anyway, so I had loads of time to just sit and fiddle and play guitar, and, and that's where my love of making music started. And like I said, I was about 15, so that's kind of 1990, and Acid House was just taking off then. Mm -hmm. So just as I got into rock, all of my friends got into electronic dance music. And so I made the switch over and started doing a bit of EDM and computer music and enjoying a bit of that stuff. Always wanted to do more with a guitar, but I, I kind of sold my guitars to like fun, foolish teenage things and always regretted it. And then eventually, in my 20s, came back to the guitar again and thought, all right, enough of this uh, EDM stuff. Uh, bought myself a Epiphone uh, SG uh, and have been trying to play regularly ever since. I've had long, long periods of not playing. Um, but, you know, I've played for about 30 years and I'm still just about average. So, <laughs> Well, I mean, that to be fair, you know, sometimes, you know, you have to take... Uh... Take into consideration what you need to take care of. Um, you obviously have um, a wife and children. I have um, a wife and a, a teenage daughter. And apologies yeah. if you hear any shredding at the moment. I think she's listening to Megadeth. I'm oh, not well, sure. But... I, I have no problem with that bleeding over. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I did something right, right? Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so how did you kind of get into um i'm assuming you had other jobs before you started working for uh wampler pedals um but sure. but can you kind of walk me through how you uh kind of yeah. came into where you're at now so com completely by chance uh so my background has always been it web design uh networking that sort of side of things uh, I ran the marketing department for a, uh, a sort of fairly successful software company that we started in the early noughties. That made me a bunch of money, uh, and I was quite young, and I did some really stupid things with it. But one of the things I did was, like, I want to be in a band. None of my friends are musical, because I was hanging around insurance software circles. So I'm just going to buy a Porter studio, because DAWs were in their infancy, uh, a drum kit, because I'd always played a little bit of drums, and just start doing it all myself. So my my career was always really, like, dull, and insurance software and City of London, oh, so boring. But, you know, we had some good times, and, and there was good money. And then uh, kind of about six, seven years ago, I decided uh, when one of the companies I was working for uh, sort of went into a death spiral to just jump ship uh, with my creative partner Simon uh, and uh, start Amplify Creative properly. It had been running before but this was like when we did it properly uh, and, and we just decided to be like a creative company and I always said, I mean the name of the company was always provocatively musical because I always said I want to work in the music industry, I want to work with people I like but I never really had any sort of plan on how to do it or any contacts or anything. So uh, one day I went into my local guitar shop in Southampton in the UK and I wanted a rat because I think I was learning money by Pink Floyd at the time. So I needed something a bit fuzzy uh, and I asked for a rat and they were like, oh, we don't have a rat, but we have these two pedals. And they showed me a Moore Black Secret awesome. and a Wampler uh, Sovereign. Now the Wampler Sovereign isn't a rat, 
but the guy yeah. in the shop did a great sales job on me. He was like, this is a transparent... I was like, oh, I've not heard that tone. No, I like that. <laughs> uh, he was like, this will get you like to that Eric Johnson tone. I was like, yes, I've heard of him. So uh, I, I bought the, the OnePlus Sovereign. Actually, I bought them both, uh, and I ended up getting rid of the Black Secret because I didn't really gel with it. But the Sovereign, I really got into. And I, th- I know that particular circuit has an issue with certain types of pickups, but I was playing mainly single coil pickups and it was great mm-hmm. with it. So I was like, yeah, this is great. So then I found uh, like the, the company's website and I was like, this website looks a bit janky for a company that's selling pedals. <laughs> uh, then I was like looking at their designs thinking, some of these don't look like they were designed by a professional designer. And of course, you know, as we all know, they weren't. They were designed by Brian. And right. he, he his skills are Microsoft Word, and, and that's about it. So uh, I saw that um, a chap uh, who you almost certainly know called Jason Wilding was yep. involved with the marketing and design and, and basically sort of everything. And I noticed he was in Honiton, which is... Uh, not too far from me, but it's basically like like the middle of nowhere. Uh, that that'd be like kind of like, you know, I don't I don't know where because you're Tennessee based, aren't you? Yeah, I'm just north of uh, Nashville. Yeah, so uh, I have zero reference point to what would be like bumfuck Indiana for you, but whatever that is, that's what Honiton was like for me. So. Um, I just reached out to Jason. I was like, how does you know a guy from Honiton? end up doing all of these pedal designs and you know doing all this and so he told me his story i was like wow that you know that's really cool and of course he had like a long-standing uh kind of backstory yeah uh and so i just started doing bits and pieces with him on the side uh like uh, the first thing i worked on properly i guess was the pantheon um it was originally going to be called something else he asked for some help with uh, the graphic for it which i did and then it got renamed really quickly and like people were struggling for a name our moderator group from the tone group said what about the pantheon i was like yeah that's a great name and i'd just been to rome like two years previous and i remember seeing the ceiling of the pantheon building and it's got this beautiful like recessed tile pattern in like kind of a circular Mm -hmm. configuration and so I said, let's base the graphic on that and let's have a god in it like uh, Zeus, because he's a Roman, not at all, clearly. But anyway, <laughs> that was the idea. So we, we kind of got the graphic of the guy and I drew the graphic of the the circles and, and it was kind of a hit. So I then started working on more pedals with him. And then, you know, obviously his career path changed because he went to work for, for Two Notes. Uh, and when that happened, Brian said, well, you know, if you want to work with us, then that's great, which... I, I did, uh, you know, and uh, that's really it. That's that's how it started. And since then, as you said, man of many hats. I, I, I look after all of the sort of graphic design with Bry, also come up with pedal concepts with the team. I write all the copy for the for the manuals, for the website. We, we design the website. We also design the website for Soldano, Tone King, I forget who else, Morgan. Uh, synergy so we, we we managed to pick up all of those websites and that was brilliant because um the the owner of uh boutique camps which is the company that uh mm-hmm. Wampler is part of gave us pretty much free reign to design his main websites again from there's still a couple we haven't done 
Uh, and, and that was a big piece of work for us. And it, it really kind of accelerated my tiny little two-man company into having some kind of reputation in the industry, which is brilliant. And we enjoy that. Uh, we I can't say who, but we've got another company we're working with at the moment. So there's another website for a different amplifier company coming out soon from us, which I'm really excited about. Uh, mainly because I think I'm going to get an amp to play. So oh well, that's that's the that's the best part of it, right? Sort of. I mean, I've got so much gear. I mean, you can, uh, the listeners won't be able to see, but you can see behind me. I'm kind of surrounded by pedals. Yeah. Because I, I have to use them for social media. I'm kind of I'm not bored of gear. I love it, but I like I've got an amp outside that isn't released for two months. I haven't even taken it out of the box to check it out yet. I've just like got so much to do. But yeah, and and like me and Brian hit it off from like pretty much the first time we spoke. Uh he's obviously in Indiana and I'm not and and so we're very different people, but we're both fairly entrepreneurial. Um and we we just sort of riffed and and got on with each other. So yeah, it's been a great relationship so far and really enjoying it. Um That's pretty wild though how and see that's why I really like this era that we live in of social media, because you weren't trying to do anything. You just ended up buying a product and next thing you know, well, not next thing you know, but eventually down the road, um, you end up in the position that you are and you say by chance, but I mean, it, it's really just about interacting between people that you're interested with, you know, it, sure. it's, it's, it's awesome. And it, it just blows me away that you can take, because what I think a lot of people think about when they think of the music industry, they think about being on stage and playing an instrument or and, and being in front of people. Honestly, before getting into it, me too. I was like, I'm a failure because I'm not a rock star. That was basically my whole thing with the music industry. I've learned since that there's a whole meta industry around it, and I'm really happy to be part of it. it I think it's more fun. Well, I was going to say it's a lot less pressure too. I mean, maybe there, there's different types of pressure. You're, yeah. you're, you're focused on creating a awesome product for companies you're working for, whether that be web design or the actual pedals themselves that you're helping design, but you're not having to entertain thousands of people across, you know, in person as well as across social media. No, and I mean, it is totally different. I mean, my band experience is very limited and I know you've been playing in a band uh, a lot more recently than me, but I mean, we, we've had a lot of criticism about certain aspects of the design of Wampler pedals, and part of my job has been to kind of grow that design um, philosophy for, for Wampler and create its own design language and elevate the design from where it was to its own unique place. And that itself is difficult. I mean, there there's normally not a week that passes where I don't find somebody on the internet saying that my work is the worst work they've ever seen in the world. And that is pretty, like, you you grow thick skin quickly and you realise, you know, working in design, it's all subjective, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I've made jokes about it on the Chasing Tone podcast. My tastes and your tastes may cross over, but they won't be exactly the same. So it is hard and there is pressure, but it isn't the same as going up and, and you know, working with a musician. And I've been really fortunate to kind of work with musicians so I, I see what goes on to get them on stage and all of that and yeah it's it's hard work man yeah i i i would much rather you know uh be in a position where i don't have as much responsibility to entertain a crowd than i would just to entertain a small team of people that i need to you know focus on a product that that would for me that makes a little bit it, it i would feel more at ease i guess is what i'm saying mm -hmm. um Funny story about Indiana. I was actually from Indiana. 
Right, whereabouts are you from? Not from Bumfuck, surely. Uh, well... I, I did listen to one of your podcasts beforehand, so I, I knew that I was allowed to swear on it before I swore. So. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, you're fine, you're fine. <laughs> uh, no, I'm originally from the east side of Indianapolis, so kind of like almost in the city, but almost in the country, so a good mix of the two. Okay. You know, um, and it's so funny. I, I I really just started getting back into gear um, here recently, um, and it's, it's it just cracks me up that I've driven through martinsville indiana going home to see my parents probably at least seven eight times a year you know and here i'm sitting here with all these phenomenal pedals that you know oh well the person that makes them is just right down the road you know it's always it's just crazy to me it is it, it it's a small world it's you know it's a, a really strange small world sometimes like things happening like huh who'd have thunk that but yeah, no, it is crazy. I've seen you. You take a good picture. I have to say, uh, I've shared some of your pictures of your pedals, which I've helped design on the OnePlus social media, because you do take a decent picture, and not everybody does. Uh, but it's good to see you're actually enjoying the pedals. That's the like. That's why we do what we do. Well, I sincerely appreciate. Like, I can't like. I'm sure you guys get this all the time, but whenever I see you guys interacting with anything like some silly picture or some stupid thing I put on TikTok, it's just, it's so crazy to me that you guys are, are interested in that. You know what I mean? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but I, I truly do appreciate it. I'm sitting here right now admiring all the stuff that I have at my fingertips that you guys have created, especially oh, you on the design aspect. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I kind of wanted to, um, I know you won't be able to say too much, but it's um, I can easily identify a Wampler pedal mm-hmm. before I even know what it's going to be. Because um, you, and I'm sure you have probably a huge hand in this, um, your designs that you have come up with are absolutely mind-blowing. The color schemes are phenomenal. Um, and I think you guys are, like, like I said, I've been out of it for quite a while, but the stuff that I've seen within the past 18 months have just been mind-blowing from oh, you guys. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, we, we are trying. So some specific examples, the gearbox, which I know you've got, uh, we, we, me and Andy, and in fact Jason was involved in some of the early discussions, but we went back and forth basically talking about car colours that Andy loved. Uh, and I was a really big fan of the BMW burnt orange and the Lamborghini orange, and so was Andy. And mm-hmm. orange and grey were the colours of his uh, sports ball team. I still don't even know who they are, I forget. <laughs> uh, and, and so he he we knew about the Sur pedal being grey, so it was like, well, that's going to be orange. Uh, and we've got a great paint company that we just get a million and one swatches off, and we spent ages choosing between like 15 different shades of metallic orange before we got right. that one. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the Pantheon is basically the same colour. The bell was the surprise hit for me. I mean, the graphic on the bell is not the one I wanted. I actually did a graphic of like a, a female fighter pilot, kind mm-hmm. of a little bit like the um, the old like things you would sort of cartoons you would see, um, kind of with a, a slight twist to it, kind of that you know sort of. Um, over here, there would be like Commando or uh, Action right. Comic. But anyhow, <laughs> it was a really interesting, and no one liked it, but everyone loved the gramophone. So so we went with that. And quite often, the graphics I love are not the ones that everyone else loves. And we, we have an audience to cater for. You know, we, we're well known as being sort of 
not family friendly pedals, but we don't make many like satanic references because of the right, prayer right. and worship market. And look, right. I love like I love all of the kind of dark side of art, but I have to rein it in completely. But we're definitely trying to evolve like a, a design language, and we're trying to make it so that um, that certainly that the high end pedals that we do, because you know we're asking people to spend a couple of hundred dollars on you know essentially a toy. We want to make them like the nicest finish we can, the, the the best components, the best finish. So, really appreciate the fact that you're you're digging them, and uh, long may that continue. I know you're not going to be disappointed with what what's down, in the, on the pipeline. So, well, I I really can't wait. Um, every time you guys tease something, I'm just ecstatic. Um, I I really, I mean, I, I, if I was to, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you can actually see two pedals there. You will not be able to see them because of the resolution. But well, there's... I don't. I, I I like I like the I like the anticipation. I appreciate it, but you know, I I, you, I can wait till release sneak peek. No, I appreciate yeah. it. But I I will say, um, not only from the design aspect, but for instance, the gearbox. I have gigged with that thing for how long has it been out now almost a little almost a year yeah now. basically yeah it has not left my board me me neither because like the tumness was always a big part of my sound anyway mm -hmm. uh, and i use the gearbox with a boss um uh, es5 switcher had to check down to see what it was i forgot what number it was uh so you can split both the channels on the gearbox and i'm running them both in separate loops on the switcher so basically i have a tumness and I have a pinnacle channel already, and you've got that beautiful noise gate, which, I mean, I've, I don't know what sort of style of music you're playing, uh, but if you're playing anything heavy, that noise gate is fantastic. So, so good. Well, unfortunately, at the moment, I'm not really playing a whole lot. I was playing in a cover band, but I needed to cover everything from 60s pop up to probably late 90s rock and alternative so okay. it was like it was perfect for that sort of band environment um and the the thing that okay this might be a high thing to ask but <laughs> that gate needs to be in a standalone pedal or incorporated into every single thing you guys make maybe not every single thing but it is so phenomenal yeah I, it's clever. It's very clever because I'm used to the. I mean, essentially, again, I didn't know much of this because although I've been using guitar pedals for 30 years, I knew nothing about them up until like three years ago when I got involved. Mm -hmm. But essentially, there's two kinds of gate there's the one that just damps everything after a yep. certain point, and there's this style, which is a comparative style, which listens to what's coming in and figures out you know mathematically what it needs to get rid of but it it still manages to keep the kind of fizz of your distortion going which is amazing uh and yet trust me we, we I, I don't want to give too much away but brian is being badgered a lot about that and i'm hoping to have something well, out well good that needs to happen yeah you know? no, especially if i'm not. not the only one that thinks that i hope it I hope definitely it comes to fruition yeah uh, the other thing I wanted to touch on with uh, the newest one that you've released here lately was the Pantheon Dual Overdrive Deluxe. Mm -hmm. um, those two, the Gearbox and that one as well, are an insanely potent combination. Aren't they just? I, I, I have never had so many options on a board that fits within, what, eight inches? Yeah. It's I, insane. Yeah. Like, 
I, I am absolutely in love with the, I like, it's hard for me to take either one of those off the board because the Pantheon with the voice and the, um, gain stage, um, switches on the side, like I can get anything I want with those two pedals in any sort of genre. It's insane. The flexibility with the pa- the, the the Pantheon Deluxe is ridiculous. I mean, I think I figured out it was over 200 combinations you could make using the the different switches. But you know, you can really like when I, I, you know, and I've said this before, perfectly honestly with you, when the idea was floated of a dual Pantheon, I was like, yeah, okay, you know, I love the Pantheon. It's a great pedal, and two of them are going to be great. This doesn't really excite me that much. And then right. when I got the first prototype, which is still on my board, uh, and I started playing with it, I was like, oh, this is something different because mm-hmm. I can configure this to how I want it. So I can have that low-gain rhythm kind of blues-breaker style. I can have a kind of mid-gain on the left channel. And then when I combine them both, I can have like a high-gain solo tone. And you can dial that in to exactly how you want it because Brian has gone crazy with the switching on it. And yeah, I think the two of them together, especially with the fact you've then got essentially, you know, (laughs) four ins and four outs there, you can mix them around so much, add in the MIDI on the Pantheon, which is really just a little bonus feature, I'm I'm not going to lie, it's not... It's obviously not full MIDI, but it, it it does do a really useful job, especially if, like me, you've already used all the loops up on your on your right, switch. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, it's a great pedal. Um, again, Brian's got a special ear, um, and he mentioned that he was going to come on, so don't tell him that I said nice things about him. But he has got uh, a special ear. He uh, he really listens to things differently. Um, he does. So yeah, um, I'm I'm glad you're enjoying them, man. Yeah, um, I want to touch on social media too because you are obviously the one that's doing that. And maybe not from... I, I want to get your perspective about what you see people doing wrong because I have a lot of friends and I've, I've kind of started to build a little bit of a, a following and some traction on TikTok. Yep. Um, but I'm, I'm getting some, some DMs from people that think I'm I'm doing stuff that's awesome or bad or whoever's messaged me, like you said, you never know who you're going to get. You're either the best person in the world or the most horrible person ever. Um, but um, from your perspective in 2022, what is something that you see a lot of people doing wrong and maybe some mitigation factors they could do to fix that? And I'm, I'm speaking more from like a, um, I don't want to say they want to monetize anything, but maybe start working their way to that point. I mean, it's hard to uh, kind of prescribe how an individual platform works, but I think there is a common theory that works on all of them, and it's really simple, and it is touted by everyone, and it is just be yourself. It is be authentic, don't try to be someone you're not, and respect what your audience has come for. So... You know, if you're a musician, if you're like a virtuoso, then play virtuoso licks. But if you're not a virtuoso, don't be afraid to play things that show your journey or where you are or what you're playing with, because that's interesting too. It's 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 just about building a relationship with your audience, and there's a huge shift in marketing in the last sort of fifteen years from. Like the the kind of me marketing of the past of we're the greatest, we're the best, I'm this, I'm that, 
to the kind of you marketing of what we can do for you and we'll look after this to, to where we are now, which is just like honesty in marketing, which is like, this is what we do. Uh, we'd love it if you bought some of it. And, you know, for a musician, I see so many highly polished videos and I just thumb past them all. But if I see someone doing something funny or if I see someone like struggling and succeeding or even just playing something different, th then I'm engaged. And I think humour has a massive part of it. Um, like, I, as you probably know, I, I, I didn't intend to be on the Chasing Tone podcast. That was just like a happy accident one day. Yeah. And then we got feedback, which was like, you should have Richard back on. It was really funny to hear him. I was like, huh? Why do people want to hear my views? I'm an idiot. And... I go on there and literally it's unfiltered. I mean, it's okay, we have to censor well, it sometimes, yeah, but yeah. it's just whatever stream of consciousness. And that's what Brian does. And that's also what Blake does. So none of us are trying to be anything other than us. And that makes life just so much easier because the more you abstract yourself from that, the harder it becomes. And with musicians, I mean, I mean there's some horrible things going on with like, you know, people using their sexuality to sell their music and things like that, which I just think it's a short-term kick. That's not going to get you very far. Uh, good music and an honest player will always win over, I think. So really, it, I just put it down to honesty and, and just being yourself. Yeah, that's what I've been kind of hitting people with. It's just like, well, are, there's, there's like two or three things that I always try to do. I always try to be consistent because I don't want to fall off the radar because you know how social media is one week in social media is what equivalent to probably a year, yeah. you know? Um, but then like you just said, honest content, mm -hmm. you know, maybe showing off a little bit when you m make mistakes or you maybe don't, I, I don't know. Like I just, I do try to put a lot of thought into the stuff that I do. Um, I've just started off too. I'm not really trying. I'm, right. I'm just, you can't try build Rome in a day. Well, no, no, no. But what, but whenever I whenever I do stuff, I put a lot of work into it. But at the end of the day, it's it's just really fun to do, and I think that's why I'm enjoying it so much. And that will come off in in your performance and in your social media figures because that naturally comes out of you when you do it. And I've always enjoyed your social media posts, uh, even kind of your personal post. You've always posted memes that I've been like damn, he beat me to it. I want to post that on the on the Wombler page. And I can't now. So, ah. So you well, obviously got the right sense of humor for this, I would say. Yeah, um, I appreciate that. I'm sorry, I'll start posting memes. I won't, I don't want to, I don't <laughs> want to steal your thunder. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll, just, I'll, yeah, I'll just send them over to you. I mean, but, it is hard. You're, I just want to pick up very quickly on the consistency thing because we have to think of posts every single day. Mm -hmm. uh, it used to be three posts a day, but it, we, we don't like prescribe to that formula anymore. We're like, when it feels right, but at least every day on every platform. Yeah. Um, some days it can be quite a dry post because, quite frankly, like there's only so many times you can say the same jokes. But we'll post pictures of our pedals, we'll post pictures of our rigs, and the ones that blow up are the ones like you least expect. Yep. And they're also the ones that are the most honest again. It's like if Brian shows a picture of his Tube Screamer collection people love it because that's yep. brian's tube screamer collection whereas if i show a glossy shot of three pedals they'll be like eh, yeah it's a glossy shot of three pedals so what so yeah. it you know it it is about getting a good mix and, and having memes and humor and, and all of that stuff helps but consistency is so important just like constantly saying hey we're here um but yeah i'm enjoying your content man i uh, I, I i listen to 
um i think it was the last episode of your podcast today the is it rachel oh, i knew Ra- i'd forget a name oh it's all good rachel mckamey <laughs> mckamey that's it so i listened to that i thought that was excellent uh and yeah i've obviously well you you know from the reshares that i see what you do on social media so i think you're getting it right uh and you know brian's having a lot of success at the moment with his countrified versions of songs because it's humor. oh yeah mm-hmm. people love the humor so it's just honest and you know what brian's actually enjoying making this stuff Whereas if you say, Brian, can you make me a video where you describe the differences between a sovereign, a pinnacle, a, you know, and a plexi drive, his eyes glaze over and you can see he's thinking about killing me. So yeah. it's be yourself, dude. Yeah, I think that's one of the problems that a lot of people have when they're when they're starting out or maybe once they've gained a little bit of traction. It's just like it feels like I have to do this now. You know what I mean? It doesn't become fun anymore. I think that's what you were kind of getting at with uh, when you were talking about Brian and social media posts when you're like, oh, well, we need to demo this new pedal and you need to show everybody what it can do. And it's like, I'm sure he's been probably sitting on that circuit for a year, if not longer. Exactly. Way long. I mean, the bell, I think we actually sat on that for about three years before releasing it. So. Yeah. So I, I couldn't imagine working on something for that long and then just getting berated of of everybody else that works for me. Like, oh, we really need to make this video now. Not berated. I don't mean to be disrespectful. No, I know. I but, understand exactly what you mean. And he feels berated. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's that's uh, that's something I've always really tried to focus on now that I'm I'm really hyper focused on it. And so so let me ask you. Sorry. What is your what is your main source of income at the moment? What do you do for a living? Um, I'm currently working at a warehouse, like a distribution center. Okay. So what it, on the floor or, uh, so, well, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of backstory. The last, yeah, sure. uh, the last nine years I was in the military. Okay. Um, I got out in August of 2022. Okay. Um, unfortunately, August that was... of 2022 hasn't happened yet. Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. So are you, August, in fact, working for uh, the U.S. Navy SEALs at the moment? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I wasn't that cool. August of 2020. There yeah, we are. Okay. So, but the bad thing about getting out at that point in time was COVID was really rampant. Yeah. So when I got out, um, all of, of the programs that are offered to um, soldiers and airmen and Marines and all that that are um, available to them, all of those schools and classes were completely shut down. You are not allowed to go to it. And I'm sitting here. I've got a wife and two kids. I'm like, man, I've got to, I got to get a job. Mm-hmm. So I took the first thing that was available. And currently I'm working um, nights at this place. And it's not a bad job. It, it pays really well. Um, but yeah, that's just the situation I've been in. And kind of COVID put a damper on it. Right. But when I found out about you guys, because when I was in the military, I was very hyper-focused on that job. Um, well, I mean, you have to be. That's a yeah. serious job. What, whatever well, branch of the military you're in, well, pretty much. The, the last job I had there, I was teaching. I was an instructor. Even um, more so then. Yeah. Are, are so, you Tom Cruise? Uh, are no, you going to tell no. me you are Top Gun? Come on. No, not at all. No, I was just a, I was just an infantry guy. I was just a grunt. Okay. So not, not, nothing cool. But yeah, the last job I had was a, uh, I was teaching. And I was surrounded by, you know, uh, a small group of men, all A-type, but not in a bad way. Um, mm-hmm. They always were trying to improve, all and and not just um, in one aspect, in all aspects of their lives, always trying to improve. And then I get to this job where it seems like nobody really gives a shit anymore. Ah, uh, you know I, what I mean? Right. And see, so I'm I'm from kind of like a military line. I'm 
my dad was the first uh, of our family not to join the army because he had health issues. Mm-hmm. My brother did 22 years in the army. His son is currently a lieutenant, oh, sorry, lieutenant uh, in, in in the uh, Royal Engineers. So uh, we've always had that kind of military thing going on in our family. And I, I'm the black sheep of the family, so of course I wasn't going to do it. I loved it as a kid, but no, the discipline wasn't for me. But there is an attitude of as you say, get things done and improve yourself that you don't see amongst civilians. And it, and it resonates with me as a bit small business owner because if a client comes to us and say, get this done, we will bend over backwards to get it done as long as we get paid. If you don't pay us, mm-hmm. different story. Yeah. yeah. But I work with clients who employ people who just turn up, they're there nine to five, and as long as they can tick a box, go home, get paid, they don't worry about it. I'm like, mm-hmm. but you did... You're, you're you're literally costing your company money by acting like a complete and utter buffoon. But that is unfortunately fifty percent of the people you'll work with. Yeah. Um. But like, kudos for you for getting out there and just getting something done. And you'll be successful at no matter what you do. Eventually, uh, it just takes time. But it's hard. And I'm you know I I've made no bones about this. I'm earning way less now than I was five years ago because mm-hmm. i'm not in that high pressured executive stupid situation but i'm so much happier and yeah. that is what life's about dude it's not it's not about the money well speaking of that i mean i was when i when i got out i i don't want to get dark or anything so stop no, me, well, stop me. I'm, I'm there for whichever side of you you want to show because trust me won't shock me but um i i really uh, not being surrounded by those people anymore um, and being surrounded by people that seems not give a shit, um, it it really got me really really depressed, and mm-hmm. I I didn't know what to do. And this is gonna sound super cheesy, but it's a hundred percent true. I was scrolling through Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and I found the Tone Mob, and then in turn found Chasing Tone. And I cannot express to you guys, and I don't mean to sound weird, but you guys... <laughs> this is weird you, and dark. I'm stopping now. No, I'm you, you guys seriously pulled me out of that funk. Dude, I mean, you're not the only person to have said something similar to us. Um, we've had some fairly strong emails uh, where people have said, things went really bad for me, and, and listening to you guys just helped me. And, and that when when I got that, I mean, I'm I'm an emotional guy. And I was basically, Brian, I don't care that I'm not earning any money because we don't get paid for the podcast. What we get yeah. from the Patreon, that is the only money that the podcast... And trust me, it's not, a, you know, it's not enough to do anything with at the moment. But we do it because we love talking. We know people like it. And then when we heard that we'd kind of help people through a very difficult few years, we've all had a difficult few years, I was like, Brian, that's the, the, that's the most important thing I've ever done in my life. You know, helping other human beings not have a shitty time i've been to some very dark places myself you know i've i've had some huge financial issues caused by things i did when i was younger tax problems all of it and i won't even start on on the family side of life (laughs) uh and you know uh it has not been easy for for us to get here but my granddad's motto was you know you, you dust yourself off and you get back up again and, and again, he you know he served on in in, in the D Day landings uh, mm-hmm. as a squaddy. He was he was basically just like an, an artillery driver. So yeah. that is what we do. We we don't dwell on it. And I'm so happy that you know one you you you're making steps to 
do whatever to improve your life. And two, we kind of helped you realise that there are other dickheads out there who you can well, listen yeah, to. Because yeah. <laughs> that's all we are, dickheads who like toys. Well, that's hey, that's that's a good thing to listen to, obviously. You guys have been pretty successful. You guys are, what, over 400 episodes on Chasing Tone now, so I mean... Yeah, episode 405 I published this week. I think we recorded 406. Brian thought it was 420, but, you know... Yeah, it was the date it was released, I think he, what, what Which he was, was going with. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, wow, he, he was kind of right there. Yeah, it, it's great. I mean, we reach a lot of people. We, we, have, um, we have a ball doing it, man, and that's the thing is I just try to see how much I can wind Brian up and insult him, and right, he just laughs. Right, right. It's just great. But, no, both Brian and Blake are good dudes uh, and, and, and huge for the industry, I think. Oh, absolutely. Um, I completely lost my train of thought. I had a question for you. <laughs> uh, no, okay, there we go. That's why I started doing this podcast, because um, I named it Man the Helm to kind of, like, signify taking control of your life. Which and I read, it- yeah. And driving it in the direction that you want it to go. And I'm trying to find people like yourself that have gone from maybe not being the happiest person you could be. Obviously, everybody goes through struggles, but I think it's important to have like one-on-one conversations that people can listen to, to hear those struggles and they can definitely relate to. Because I don't know anybody in my life that hasn't had any sort of financial family insert X issue. Yeah. in their life, you know, and everything is a hundred percent relatable. And that's, that's really the driving force behind this podcast. It's definitely music based yep. because I'm a musician, but I, I really like hearing everyone's experiences and, and that's what, you know, well, I think talking- that's a, a, a great niche for you to focus on as well. I think, you know, as you build this podcast, you need to have your own niche. And I think that's a lovely niche to have. I think it's, it's positive. It, it's encompassing. Uh, and also, we get to talk about guitars and shit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But um, we're going just a little bit over. Um, I Not that I haven't enjoyed talking to you. Sorry, I, I ramble I, on. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not worried about it. I just don't want to take any more of your time because no, I know I'm you're good, a busy man. guy. I'm no, I'm good. Um, but just to wrap this up, um, first of all, uh, can you name off all the stuff your guys are releasing this year for Wampler? And then um, anybody you'd like to, you know, shout out, thank, or anything like that? I mean, I can tell you all the pedals that we're releasing, but you just have to beep it all out. Uh, oh, okay. No, I'm just, I don't want to no, know. No, I know. We, we have got an incredibly healthy pipeline of pedals. So uh, I'm not giving too much away, but me and Bri have been planning, like, probably years ahead at this stage. Uh so we have got some, like, the most exciting pedals Wampa have ever made. There's one that's on my board at the moment. I've hinted at it so strongly, everyone kind of knows what it is. Right. Um, but I tell you, it's a killer. It is an absolute killer. And there's some others that are a bit left field. And there's some other bits we're doing that will surprise people. But, yeah, hang on. Uh, we, we have some amazing stuff coming out. As long as we can get those supply chain issues um, yeah. dealt yeah. with. And in terms of shouting out, uh, I mean, thanks so much for mentioning my little company, Amplify Creative. We're not like some super expensive boutique agency, so on the off chance anybody does need a website, I'm happy to do it, but I doubt they do. And uh, therefore, I would direct everyone to the Wampler site to buy pedals, because that also <laughs> helps keep me in uh, in, in food and, and clothing. But... No, I mean, obviously, Brian and Blake are are fantastic and have uh, done so much. So a shout back out to them and everybody who listens to the Chasing Tone podcast because it means a huge amount to all of us that we're delivering something that you want. 
Uh, and, and anyone making content like yourself, Jake, because uh, I, I think you have shown early promise that is going to just result in greatness, my friend. Well, I sincerely appreciate that, especially coming from somebody like you. I, it, it, it really means a lot. So okay. I, I, I do really appreciate it. But um, yeah, we're going to... It's just beard envy because your beard's nicer than mine. So Oh, know. well, you know, it used to be a lot nicer, but I had to do a job interview, so I had to trim it down. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm no Ryan Burke or anything. Oh, that was so funny. Did you hear that podcast? Oh, I definitely did. It oh, was we amazing. were just we were just all creased up at that podcast. He's such a great guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, for Richard Oliver, uh, we're going to head and end this, and we will see you all next week on Man the Helm Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>